Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. The one who forgives all of our iniquities, the one who healeth us from all of our diseases, the one who treats us the way that we should be treated, the one who loves us with his tender, kind mercy. We thank God that he satisfieth our mouth with good things, for God has not rewarded us according to our sins, nor to our iniquities, but as high as the heavens are above the earth. So far hath the Lord separated us from our sins. The Lord is a good God. We have so much to be thankful for today. We want to welcome you to the Tabernacle of Praise, where we worship God today in spirit and in truth. We have so much to be thankful for. And the songwriter says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All of our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything, everything to God in prayer. It's prayer time, folks. We have some serious things to pray for today. So Sister Christina Meredith Wellington is going to lead us to the altar of grace this morning. Praise God, everyone. It is truly a privilege to come before God's throne. So if you, for this moment, can um, bow, um, kneel, or you, you can get into your prayer closets or corner and join me in prayer. As we pause for this moment in prayer, we give you, Father, honor and glory this morning. For you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our trust and our faith in you. In reverence, Lord, we ask you to unite heaven and earth with your spirit, joining each person online, Zoom, or by phone in worship with their families far and near, Lord. We ask that as we come to worship, that we touch the many around us in our neighborhood, communities, reaching further than the state lines, Lord, we need you this morning. As our Lord and Savior is one with the Father, Lord, we ask that you secure us, your children, in worship across the globe, Father. So now, Lord, as we approach your throne of grace and mercy, Father, restore us fully in a relationship that cleanse our soul, Lord. Every sinfulness, Lord, putting it to death, our sins and fornication, greed, and envy, Father, we pray that you will remove the pride from our soul, Lord, our lying tongues, Lord, even our unforgiveness, Father. We pray and ask, Father God, that everything that sets us apart from you this morning, God, that you will put it away and that you will bring us together with you, Lord. Oh, Lord, please adhere to our humble cry, Lord, as we repent all our transgressions, Father. Now, thank you, Father God who leads us to the trumpet of Christ, Lord. Lord, I ask that you will continue to bathe us in your righteousness, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for renewing our marriages, strengthening our love one for another, Father, especially during this time of being at home, Father God. Lord, I pray that we can reach out to those, the elderly, Father God, our neighbors, Lord Jesus, even those that we just encounter day by day, Father. Thank you, Lord, for protecting our homes, Lord, and especially this morning, Father God, as the report was announced, Lord, I thank you truly for protecting the home of the Lewises from a house fire, Father God. You are with us no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, Lord Jesus. You dispatch your angels across this globe, Lord, and you continue to protect and guide us, Lord. So we just thank you this morning for that miracle, Lord, that that fire did not spread through the home and, the, and it wasn't deadly, Lord Jesus. We also thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are um, relieving those who are sufferers of the coronavirus and of other health 
conditions, Lord Jesus. We know that there are many that are suffering right now at home, Lord, in a hospital. We know that there are individuals who are grieving, Father, of lost ones. But Lord, we know that if they slept, went to sleep in you, Father God, that they will raise again. You will raise them again, Lord. And that you, they will become one with you, Father God, as we all will in that blessed hope that day of coming, Lord Jesus. And while we wait, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will renew our hearts, Father God, that we will be no longer in the condition of sinful natures, Lord, desiring after the flesh, Lord Jesus, that we will be all one with you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray and ask that you will be with the sick. I pray and ask that you will be with the elderly. I pray and ask this morning and thank you this morning, Father God, for reaching all of us, Lord Jesus, as we are coming as a union to worship you, Father God. I pray for the pastor who will be speaking a mighty, a mighty word from you, Lord Jesus, that it will um, connect each and every one of us, Lord, to the heavenly sanctuary, Father God, spreading the truth, breaking bread, Father God, that we may drink not just from the saucer, but from the overflow into the hands that you have cleansed, Lord, from the death of our hearts, Lord. And Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord Jesus, as you renew us, Father God, from your word, Lord Jesus, that we will take this through all the doors and through all the nations that are abroad, Father God, that this word will go forward, Lord Jesus. Now I pray these things in Jesus' name, Father God. Let us all say amen. Amen. Good morning, church family. This is Elder Lee Carroll coming to you with our stewardship thought. Let all the stewards of God say amen. I want to remind you that stewardship is all about trusting and depending on God. God says for us to trust him and not to be afraid. And right now, especially with this virus going on, many things feel out of control and our routines, our lives aren't running as smoothly as we would like. And of course, we are much more comfortable when life is predictable, right? But at those times, we have to go to the rock that is higher than we are higher than us and higher than our circumstances. We have to learn to take shelter in a time of storm among God's mighty arms where we are all absolutely secure. And when we get shaken out of our comfortable routines, family, we have to grip God's unchanging hand and look for growth opportunities where our trust in God can grow, where our dependence on God can grow. And instead of complaining about a loss of comfort, which is very easy for us to do, Let's learn to accept something new. Let's learn to recognize that God is changing us from glory to glory and that he is making us fit for his kingdom so that we need to learn to say yes to the ways that God chooses to work in our lives. He says to each and every one of us, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all of our ways, we're called to acknowledge him and to know that he has promised to direct our paths. So let's continue to be faithful stewards, faithful servants of God, be faithful in our tithes and offerings, in our time, talent, temple, as well as treasure. At this time, I want to remind you, you can return your tithes and offering online at the cash, using the cash app, and that's dollar sign T-O-P-G-I-V-I-N-G, dollar sign top giving, as well as you can go to, or you can mail your uh, tithe and offering in to Sister Teresa Harris. Be faithful even until the end. And God has promised that he too will be faithful until the end for our sakes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, Elder Carol, for those expiring words. We are blessed once again to have our conference president, Pastor Roger Bernard. We want to pray for him uh, as he navigates through these turbulent times leading the Great Central States Conference. We know the Lord is with him. And we want to pray for him as he opens up and blesses us with a word from on high today. Amen. I just want to thank him for taking time out to tabernacle with us. But before he comes, we have our songbird, Sister Beverly Stewart Anderson is going to take us to the throne. Great is thy faithfulness. Thank you. 
Amen and amen. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, to me. Uh, Sister Beverly, thank you for that. I don't know. Listen, guys, I don't know how she's able to do that this early in the morning. I mean, my voice is still waking up. And so we are very thankful for that word through music. And uh, we're looking forward to what God will do for us uh, in his spoken word as well. And so it's good to be here with my top family um, this, this Sabbath morning. It is absolutely beautiful outside. The sun is shining. I was sitting out on my deck this morning. The birds were singing their lovely song of praise. Uh, and it, it's hard to believe that we, we have this coronavirus going around with such beautiful days. But here's one thing I'm glad of, and I'm glad that is God is still on the throne. And so I'm excited about being here with my top family and being able to present the word of God. And so listen, why don't we just jump right in? Well, before I do that, let me also thank all of our guests who are watching us from wherever. You might not be a member of the Tabernacle of Praise Seventh-day Adventist Church located in the St. Louis, uh, Missouri area. Uh, but we want to thank you for joining us today. We want to thank you for your contribution. Uh, you saw our cash app. We'll probably put that back up again a little later. We want to thank you for contributing to the ministry. Uh, and if you're looking for a church home, hey, Tabernacle of Praise is the place to be. So um, you can just you can just put us a, a message in the, the uh, down on your YouTube or your or on Facebook, however it is you're watching us. And we'll make sure we get in contact. Just let us know the best way to get in contact with you. And we'll definitely do that. With that said, let's jump into the word. I want us to go to a very intriguing passage of scripture. It's found in the book of First Kings, chapter 17. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. But you can follow me in whatever version you have. And so grab your Bible, your phones, your tablets, whatever you have. And let's just jump right into God's word. First Kings chapter 17. I'm going to actually begin reading at verse 3. First Kings chapter 17. I'm going to begin reading at verse 3. Here's what the Bible says. Go to the east and hide by Kareth Brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Verse 4 says, drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Cherith Brook, east of Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But afterwards, now stay with me here, stay with me. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow to feed you there. Uh, just for the next few moments, I want us to consider this topic. Uh, I'm good by my brook. <laughs> I'm good by my brook. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are thankful for this beautiful Sabbath morning. The sun is shining brightly, at least here where I am. And uh, I trust that uh, it's summertime in the people's hearts who are having the opportunity to fellowship with us today. Our Lord, we need to hear what you will share with us from your word. And so we invite your presence, move into each home right now as we're praying. Those who are listening, Father, those who are on the phone listening, those who are on the internet listening, Father, drop right into them and hang out with them for these next few moments and allow your spirit to minister to each one of us. We ask these things in Jesus' name we pray, amen. The first question that we have to ask ourselves is how did Elijah get by the brook? That's a great question. But we are told that King Ahab, who was the king of Israel at the time, married a very evil woman. Her name was Jezebel. And uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to have heard the stories of Ahab and Jezebel and how wicked they were. But here's the thing that really got under God's skin. Uh, Jezebel, uh, where she was from, she, she uh, they worshiped a God, the God of Baal and Ashtoreth. Um, these idols graven with human hands uh, was who they literally sacrificed to, they prayed to, they had all of these 
all these priests that did all of these various ceremonies. And you need to know that uh, whatever God has in place, the devil always makes sure that he counterfeits it. Uh, God has ceremonies that his priests did. When we studied the sanctuary service, his priests participated in the various services. And so you, you know it, the devil makes uh, have idols constructed of gold and silver and bronze and wood and all these different things. They would have priests as well that would uh, make sure that people are worshiping these false idols. And uh, they, uh, they the, the Israelites, God's true people who God had blessed, protected, given, given a beautiful land, flowing with milk and honey to dwell in, uh, they found themselves under the influence of Jezebel, led by a weak king Ahab, worshiping false idols, gods graven by the hands of people. And, and so we're told, uh, that Israel had be, had literally become corrupt with Baal worship and Ashtoreth worship. Uh, now you need to understand that Baal was supposed to be the God of weather. And so it's interesting that when Elijah shows up in front of, and he just kind of burst up into, you know, imagine with me, come with me, come with me, come with me. Imagine he is in the midst of people who are worshiping Baal. He walks up to the palace where possibly uh, Ahab is sitting on his throne, Elijah just breaks right in the door, unannounced, uninvited, walks up to the throne of Ahab and says, here's his message. There will not be dew and there will not be rain until I give the word. Now you gotta imagine, that shocks Ahab and he's, he's trying to get his wits about him. Who is this dude walking up in my kingdom, walking up in my palace, walking before my throne uninvited, and he's going to make an announcement like this. But Elijah burst in. He makes the announcement. He turns around and he leaves. And by the time Ahab gets its wits about him and commands the guards to go and bring Elijah back, God had already spoken to Elijah and said, listen, go hang out by the brook Cherub. There'll be water there for you to drink. And there'll be also, I'm going to allow the ravens. I'm going to allow the ravens to feed you. Now, let me pause. This wasn't a part of my message, but I think I'll make it. I'll bring this point out right now. When God prepares, when God asks his people to do something, he always makes sure that he takes good care of them. Uh, and, and God does it in all kinds of fashions, all kinds of manners. He, he let the animals that, that, that covet food for themselves, he allows these animals to bring food to his prophet so that his prophet can have something to eat. Uh, God uses the ravens uh, in time of quarantine for Elijah to bring him something to eat. That's some good stuff there, man. Uh, and, and I want you to know that just like God provided for Elijah, then God still provides for his people now. But I'm not here to talk about that right now. I got to keep get back into the story. And so the word says that, that Elijah goes by the brook Cherub. He has water to drink. He has food to eat and everything seems to be going well for him. Now, you got to understand that the that the kingdom right now is being ravished by a drought because immediately when Elijah makes the pronouncement that there'll be no dew and there'll be no rain, it was enacted at that very moment. And so we are told just about a year later that the conditions were terrible. Let me read something for you. Let me read something. This, this is coming from a beautiful book. It's called Prophets and Kings. If you're interested in getting that book, Prophet and Kings, it kind of unfolds more on the books of First and Second Samuel, First and Kings, First and Chronicles, and what have you. It kind of unfolds and helps us get uh, some more information about uh, the stories that surround uh, the various stories in the Bible. Uh, so if you're interested in getting that book, just type in the section that you'll if you're on Facebook or you're on YouTube, uh, ask us how can you get it, and we'll we'll make sure that you're able to get that. But I want to read something to you from there. Uh, it's in Prophets and Kings, page 124, around paragraph three. And here's what it says: After a year passes, now remember, he make uh, Elijah makes the pronouncement there'll be no dew or rain until he gives the word. So after about a year passes, and yet there is no rain, the earth is parched as if with fire. The scorching heat of the sun destroys what little vegetation has survived. Streams dried up, lowing herds and bleeding flock 
wander hither and thither in distress. Once flourishing fields have become like burning desert sand and desolate waste places. The groves dedicated to idol worship uh, are left leafless. The, the, the forest trees, gaunt skeletons of nature, afforded no shade. The air is dry and suffocating. Dust storms blind the eyes and nearly stops the breath. Once prosperous cities and villages have become places of mourning, hunger and thirst are telling upon man and beast with fearful mortality. Famine, with all its horror, comes closer and still closer. Man, that just after a year of no dew and no rain, uh, the, 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 the earth has, uh, has reacted and, and adversely to the fact that there was no water. When they walked outside in the morning, they could walk out on whatever was there and there'd be no wetness, no moisture on their feet. There was no cloud in the sky. And so the sun was just beating down upon them. It was a horrible situation. But we are told that Elijah was by his brook having water to drink and having birds, the ravens, bring him food. And, and he must have, it must have been wonderful. I, I imagine that area probably was beautiful, but you need to know that even that area was impacted by the drought. For we are told that a time came when the brook was drying up. There was no more water there for him to drink. Yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He did what God said do. He, he, he walked in before Ahab and he said, there'll be no dew or rain. He turned around, he walked out. He went to the brook that God sent him to. He, he was there for the ravens to feed him. So why is it that he who obeyed God did what God said do? Why is it that his brook, let somebody else's brook dry up. God could have kept the water flowing. Why is it that his brook dried up? I'm glad you asked it. I wanted to tell you, it brings me to my first point. I believe that the brook dried up because God, number one, expects that his people continue to trust him even when things don't go the way that they think it ought to go. Now, I want to pause there. Let that marinate. Let it come down. You mean to tell me that God lets it rain on the just and the unjust? Think about that. You mean to tell me that God will allow his people to be in the atmosphere of coronavirus? Think about that. You mean to tell me that God would allow the brook to dry up even for his people that sound the message, that sound the alarm, that follow his word, that shares it with people? You mean to tell me God would allow that brook to dry up? Absolutely, because it's God's intention that his people trust him even when they don't understand what he's, what he's doing, even when they can't see how he's moving, even when they can't figure out what's, what God is doing, God expects his people to trust him. Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. I know I don't need to tell you all this. You all are Bible scholars, uh, but it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path, God will allow the even his people's brook to dry up because God intends for his people to trust him no matter what. Think about that for a moment. Can you trust God? When is the last time you've had to trust God? When is the last time something has gone awry in your life and you had to trust that God will come through solely because God said he would take care of his people? When is the last time that you've had to trust God. I want you to know that we have, as God people, whether you're members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church or not, we've had to trust God through these times of coronavirus. coronavirus. Uh, God has had to be the one to provide for his people. God has had to be the one to keep this illness away from us. God has had to be the one that if somebody got sick, that, that God would, that God would, heal them. And even if God chose not to heal someone, and he, even if God chooses not to heal someone, uh, maybe God is doing enough to heal that person's soul so that they can live eternally. It is at the difficult times in our lives when our brooks dry up that we have to trust God 
no matter what. We have to trust God unconditionally. Either he's going to be God when the rain is falling or when the sun is shining or when the, when the, when the clouds are out. He's got to be God. We, we, we got to trust him in the good times. We've got to trust him in the bad times. We got to hold on to him no matter what because he is God. And that's all we, we need to hold on to. That's gonna be, that could be difficult sometimes. And I'm sure as Elijah was there and the brook was drying up and, until he had nothing but, but dirt in his hand. God, why are you letting my brook dry up? Maybe God is trying to get us to understand that he wants us to trust him. And so the first point I want us to remember today is that we have to trust God no matter what. But Elijah, I want you to go over to Zarephath because I've got somebody else to take care of you there. No, I don't want to go. I'm, I, I want to stay right here where my brook is. I like the scenery where my brook is. I like the birds coming to give me food here. You could put some more water right here in this brook. I'm going to stay right here by the brook of Cherry. Nope, nope. There's no more, no more water is coming out over here. The ravens are not coming anymore. I want you to go over to Zarephath. Now, you need to understand that the Zarephath, the place where God was sending Elijah, it was not to, the, to Elijah's own people. It wasn't to the Israelites. These were not Israelites. He was sending him to what the Israelites would deem as heathens, what the Israelites would deem as people who, who, who didn't have the truth. He was, sending, he was sending him over to Zarephath to be taken care of by someone who was not like him, somebody who was not an Israelite. And so get the story now. Elijah has to leave his comfortable place, trusting in God. That's the first point. Because now he has to travel over to Zarephath, still trusting God. But why is God sending him to Zarephath? The Bible says that when he gets there, there is a widow. She's gathering some sticks. And, and, and maybe God gave a conversation while he was on his way. But, but Elijah says to this widow, uh, can you give me something to drink? I don't know how, how she looked at him and what have you, but I, 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 uh, I think she, I think she was hospitable. Some of us probably would have been saying, get you some water. Don't you know there's a drought? Get you something to drink. <laughs> there's a drought. I'm just going to get enough for myself. Uh, but the word says she doesn't do that. She goes, she gets Elijah. It's still there in, in chapter 17. I want you to read that whole chapter when you get home. It's very intriguing. She goes and get, and, and on her way to get him something to drink, he has the nerve now to say, and, and bring me a little bit of something to eat, which now brings about a conversation. Uh, she says to him, sir, listen, I'm just out here gathering, gathering a few sticks. I'm going home to kindle a fire so that I could make, I just have a handful of meal left and a little bit of oil in the bottom of my jar. I'm going to make just a little, this little bit of handful of stuff. I'm going to make this little bit of handful of stuff so my son and I can have our last meal. We're going to eat and we're going to die. And Elijah, now, now if it were me, if it were me, if it were me, if, if I were Elijah, I want you all to put yourselves in Elijah's place right now. If, if you were Elijah and you go up to this poor widow lady, she's gathering a few sticks and she tells you she only has a handful of meal and, and, and a little bit of oil and she's going to just make her last little food so she and her son can eat and die. If you were Elijah, what would you have said? If I were Elijah, I mean, you all are supposed to be talking to yourselves, right? It's already talked to yourself right now. What if I were Elijah? I probably, I probably would have said, "Okay, ma'am, I'm I'm sorry. You know, go ahead on and enjoy your last, your last little meal." Um, that that's if that's just me humanly thinking. But what you have to understand is God had already given Elijah instructions, and and, and so and so Elijah says to her, which is kind of cold blooded when you think about it. All right, go and. Feed me first. Feed me first. And there will be plenty enough meal and oil until the drought is over with. Now, that's going to take some kind of trust. <laughs> that's going to take some kind of trust. So now even this woman has to trust God. But I want to come. I want to move into my second point right now. 
the reason Elijah had to go over to Zarephath, number one, he had to leave because he had to trust God. He, was, he had to leave the comforts of his brook because he had to trust God. But number two, the reason he had to go over to Zarephath is because God had a message that needed to go out to somebody else. Somebody else needed to know about him. Somebody else needed to under, come to understand him more fully. Somebody else needed to understand about the power of God and the provision of God, which I had time to preach about, about that. I don't right now, but somebody else had to understand that. And, and, and it was this woman, and I'm going to tell you something about her in just one moment. And so Elijah went into this conversation, and, and would, you, would you know it? This woman goes, she takes her last little meal, and, and this little bit of oil, and she makes some food, the last bit of food that she gets. You all got to get this, the last bit of food. She has a son who's looking at her, and he's probably she could probably see the hunger in his, in, through his eyes. She, she probably could hear his, his stomach growling. You ever been so hungry that your stomach was growling? Uh, you ever been so hungry that you kind of felt pains? Down? She probably, she probably, she and her son probably were feeling these things. But this woman goes and she takes and makes this last bit that she has and she gives it to Elijah and the brother starts eating it in front of her. That's cold. I just want y'all to know that. It, it just seems like it's cold. He's eating it. And the little boy is looking at him and she's looking at him and their stomachs are growling. But when she goes back to the pot where she kept the, the, the meal, <laughs> she knew immediately. Let me tell you, let me tell you. <laughs> when she goes there, she knows immediately who God is. Because that thing was full of flour. It was full of that meal. When she goes over to the, the place where she kept the oil, man, there probably was some oil spilling out. Because when, when, when God wants to reach his people, he will do whatever it takes for them to come to know him and the pardoning of his sins. He will do whatever it takes to make sure that people have a chance to put their hands in his hand. I want to read something about this woman. Let me find it in my notes right quick. And, and, and I, I want to read this because this, this kind of caught me by surprise. I think it might keep, catch some of you by surprise as well um, about this woman. In that same book, Prophets and Kings, this is page uh, 129 around paragraph two. Listen to this. And this is an important point I want to make here. It says, this woman, watch this, watch this. Oh, this is good stuff, guys. Don't miss this. This is good stuff. Watch this. This woman was not an Israelite. Remember, we talked about that. She wasn't even an Israelite. All right. So get, get, let this thing sink in. The Israelites they didn't even have anything to do too much with other nations. They, they didn't do too much mingling. And so she probably was surprised to have an Israelite ask her for something to eat. But watch this. This woman was not an Israelite. She had never, watch this, she had never had the privilege and blessing that the chosen people of God enjoyed. But, watch this, <laughs> this is good stuff. Listen, don't miss this guy, guy, don't miss this. But she was a believer in the true God. <laughs> listen, 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 I'm, you know, you all excuse me, that's all right. Come on, watch this, excuse me, watch this. She had never, watch it. let me read that again. Let me read that. The woman was not an Israelite. She had never had the privileges and the blessings that the chosen people of God had, had enjoyed. But she was a believer in the true God and had walked in all the light that was shining in her pathway. And now, when there was no safety for Elijah in the land of Israel, God sent him to this woman to find asylum in her home. Guys, listen, don't miss that, man. Don't miss that. That is heavy. This woman, even though she wasn't a Seventh-day Adventist, this woman, even though she wasn't a Baptist, this woman, even though she wasn't a Catholic, this woman, even though she wasn't a Methodist, this, was, this woman, even though she wasn't what, what, what some of us, uh, what some of us uh, uh, embrace, a religious Maybe she had, was not of the same religious persuasion. She still was a follower of God. And she was following God with all the light that she had. <laughs> That's why, listen, 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 guys. That's why God had to get us away from our brooks. You know, we want to stay at our brooks. We want to stay by cherub 
because the water was cool there and the raven, it was good having the ravens feed us. But God has to get us away from our brooks because there are people who are following him. They might not be the same religion with you. They might not have, they might not understand things just like you understand it, but they still follow and worship the true and living God. And God will send by Elijah's to, to leave their brooks, to leave their, the comfort of their churches. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, let me let you know something. Maybe this coronavirus came about uh, because we got too comfortable in our churches. We got too comfortable staying within the confines and the walls of our churches, being ministered to, receiving all the power from God and going home and keeping it to ourselves. But there are people out there who love God. There are people out there who are serving God. They may not know all the truth. And so God says, leave the cherub. Leave your churches, leave the, the confines of them, go out on the internet and go and talk to people and let them know all of what I have to say about them. She came to know who God was in, in a real sense by her connection with the prophet of God, Elijah. He had to leave that. Listen, that's why we are never to shake our heads at people and pass judgment upon people. Because sometimes people are doing what they know to do. And unless the people of God go to them. Notice we, we like to call people to us. Come to us. Come, come to what we are doing. Come to our house. But God sent Elijah to her. And as a result, she got to experience the power of God firsthand. She got to experience what God will do for those. This God that she was already serving, what he will do for them. But there's another. So, so, so Elijah had to leave his brook because he had to learn how to trust God. Elijah had to leave his brook because this woman had to learn how to trust God and come to know God more fully. But Elijah also had to leave his brook because tragedy always happens. And somebody's like, you know, the devil is never happy. When, when people start finding the beauty of a relationship with God, he always tries some kind of way to get his hand in to cause discouragement. You know, we, we were told just this morning that uh, when some of our friends uh, had a, a, a little fire to break out in their home. You know, they, they, they're helping make sure that, that you get to see this word today and, and that things are going well. So they, they've opened their home so they could be able to, 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 to orchestrate things behind the scene. And the devil didn't like that. So he brought tragedy to them. But God still blesses. And so uh, life happened. And this little boy of this woman who had begun to trust God, begun to, oh, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to understand God a little more uh, uh, fuller. I, I'm starting to understand that he's a, he's a provider and he's a sustainer and, and he, he's a banner over us. I'm starting to understand more about this God. Thank you for sending this man of God to, to us to, to learn and be able to trust God more fully. Her son dies. Tragedy strikes. And she comes to the prophet and she said, you know, why did this happen to me? You know, and that's a question that we all ask ourselves in time of tragedy. Why, why me? You know, did I do something wrong? Is there something that I didn't do right? We don't always have the answers to those questions. So here's the answer we do have. God is always on the throne. If tragedy hits, he's on the throne. If times are going well, he's on the throne. He is there. And why he chooses to answer the way he chooses to answer, I don't know. I just have to wait till I get to the kingdom. And I, the songwriter says, I understand it by and by. This woman's son dies. She comes to Elijah and Elijah goes up into the room. You, you know the story. Read it there. Continue to read it there. It moves over in chapter eight, into the chapter 18 of 1 Kings. And, 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 and he begins to pray and say, Lord, you can't take this, this woman's son. This is all she has left. You can't take him. And God restores this boy. Hmm. How many of us, how many of us, how many of us have children we're praying for that need to be restored? Maybe they, they, they are not connected to God in the way that they need to be connected to him and they need to be restored. They, maybe their hands are not in his hands like they need to be. Maybe they're not walking with him how, how we want them to walk with him. We need to make sure that if we if we call, if we, if we do what Elijah did, we're talking to God, we're praying in their behalf, we're called. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. Listen, we need to be praying for our young people more than ever, man. They're confronted with all kinds of stuff. There are things that, 
as parents, we will never know unless we're told. And that's why we need to be on our knees praying for our children. We need to be on our knees calling in the name of the Lord. We, we need to be on our knees uh, calling their names one by one by one, uh, saying, Lord, restore my child. Lord, bring back the first love. Lord, introduce yourself to him right now, as a matter of fact. While, while this message is going on, you might want to call out on the name of the Lord for your child and, and say, Lord, whatever they're doing, wherever they are, let them sense your presence in the room or get their attention across them, Lord, some kind of way right now. Uh, raise them back up. A full health, full religious, spiritual health, Lord. Raise them back up, right? We need to pray those kinds of prayers because God has the power to resurrect. And that's what God does. So God, what he does again is he increases this woman's faith. He reintroduces himself all over again to this woman. That's why Elijah couldn't stay by his brook. That's why Elijah needed to make sure that he followed the will of God, that he made his way to Zarephath so that he could meet this woman and, and he could tell this woman more fully about God. She could, he, could, he could make sure that she understood more fully because she was already serving God. She was already as much as she knew, but he could bring her into a better understanding of God. And now she gets to understand that God hears the cry of his people. He is concerned about his people and he restores her son. Oh, man, listen, we want to stay by our brooks, but we just can't stay there because God, there, there, there is something that God wants for his people. When that boy is resurrected, the next thing that we need to understand is we experience the miracle working power of God. When is the last time you've experienced a miracle? You know, a miracle is not just for the folk that were in the Bible days. When is the last time you experienced a miracle? I'm talking to you. When is the last time you experienced a miracle? God wants to, listen, God already tells us in the word that he would do greater things through us than he did in the Bible times. There are plenty of miracles out there for God's people. If we really are connected to him, if we're really moving with him, if we're really following his will, if we're really obeying him as, as presented in his word, he wants to pour his spirit upon us so that great miracles can be done. When is the last time you prayed and somebody got up out of their sick bed? When is the last time you were in pain and somebody was able to pray and that pain went away? I would dare say that maybe we're not experiencing God's miracles. Because really, we're not connected to him the way we ought to be connected to him. This woman experienced the miracle working power of the God she had been worshiping as she came to know him more fully. That's why Elijah couldn't stay by his brook. Now, let me tell you something. A byproduct of not staying by our brooks. So remember... Elijah, had to, he went to the brook because he had to trust that God would provide for him, and God did. The brook dried up, and he had to leave the brook because there was somebody else that God needed him to, to really minister to and, and to really be there for. And when tragedy struck, God needed to show himself powerful by resurrecting this boy. And as he resurrected the boy, the boy... The, the people there experienced a miracle. Now, I don't want you to miss this because this process moves around in a circle. As you trust God, you move to obey God. God works miracles in your behalf. It gets people's attention and they learn to trust God. They move in his behalf. They come to know him more fully as their God. They pray and miracles are performed. And when they do that, the person that they're working with begin to trust God. <laughs> come with me. <laughs> they move and begin to talk about God's goodness so that people could come to know God more fully. And when tragedy or when discouragement or when things happen in their life, they get to experience God's miracle working power. And then they go and learn how to trust God more fully. And they move and talk to somebody else about God. And, and they 
uh, show folk that God is a provider. And then, and when stuff happens in their lives, they get to experience the miracle working power of God. And, and, and then they go to somebody else because they learn how to trust God and they move out and tell people more fully about God. And, and, and they begin to understand that God is a provider. And when tragedy and negative things happen in their lives, they begin to experience the miracle working power of God. And it's just, it's reciprocal. It just keeps going and going and going and God's word begins to spread. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. When the disciples were full of the Holy Spirit, when they were on one accord, they were full of the Holy Spirit and they went out and they talked to people and they were added to the church 3000. And then those people went out and they began to tell other people and they begin to grow disciples and other people begin to learn and, and the word of God begin to move out throughout the world. God wants the same thing to happen now. That's why we can't be fine by our brooks. We can't just sit there and enjoy the cool stream that flows from our brooks. We can't sit there and experience the miracle working powers of of, of ravens bringing us food. We need to get out so that others could come to know God. People who already love God, they just don't really understand him like, like we understand him. They need to learn more about God and coming into this saving relationship with him. And they get they, they continue to tell other people and they tell other people and they tell other people. For when this gospel of the kingdom is preaching to all the world, for witness of all nations, the word says, then will the end come. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being down here on this earth, surrounded by the results of sin, coronavirus. That's a result of sin. I'm tired of being in this place where people die that I love. I'm tired of being in this place where you can't find toilet paper because people are hoarding it. Or at times of tragedy, people put the prices sky high. I'm tired of living on an earth where the hearts of people are failing them for fear. I'm tired of living in a place where people's, people are lovers of pleasure more than they're lovers of God. Another tornado here, an earthquake there, and a fire burning over there. I'm tired of living in a place like that. But it's when this gospel is preached to the whole world, when we get away from our brooks and this word spreads, the word says, then the end will come. Well, no, I'm not all right by my brook. I'm going to leave it because I want Jesus to come. What about you? I'm talking to you right where you are, right in your home, your living room, your bedroom, Wherever you are, what about you? I I want I want Jesus to come. I I want I want my wife to go to heaven with me. I want my daughters to go to heaven with me. I want my church family. I want you all to go to heaven with me. I want my neighbors. I want them to go to heaven with me. I, I want people that I haven't even met yet. I want them to go to heaven with me. But the only way that's going to happen is we get away from our brooks. And we allow the Lord to use us. You want to get away from your brook? Raise it in my hand. And listen, listen. In the chat session, on whatever you're viewing us on, YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or if we're on Instagram, wherever we are in that chat section. I want you just to put, I want to get away from my brook. I want to get away from my brook. That's going to help us to know how to pray for you. Because what that says is, is that we want to be more of a mouthpiece for the Lord, following him as he leads so that we could be advancing the kingdom and Jesus can come. And so we want you to put, I want to get away from my brook. And all this week, the ministerial team, the Tabernacle of Praise, we're going to put you on our prayer request list. And we're going to be praying that we can move away from our brooks. But now watch this. Um, maybe something that was said today 
cause you to want to get to know God more as your Lord and Savior. I mean, I don't know if maybe you were just um, surfing the net and you went on YouTube, maybe to listen to a song or something, and you saw live pop up by this thing, Tabernacle of Praise, and you didn't know what that was. And so it intrigued you, and you clicked on it, and you hung out with us. And maybe you want to get to know a little bit more about God. If you would, in the section below, just type in a way that we can know how to get in touch with you. And somebody from the ministerial team who's going to be watching the responses um, will take down that information, and we, we'll get in touch with you. Um, maybe for the first time, uh, you found out that God cares about people who are not just Seventh-day Adventists, are not just Baptists, are not just Methodists, but God cares about others who love him. And maybe you want to come to know him a little bit better yourself. Because maybe you were getting bitter and angry uh, because maybe God was misrepresented to you. And, and maybe you understand something a little differently today. Why don't you just tell us how that we can get in touch with you? Just put something in the chat there. And um, we'll be able to get in touch. I believe that with Facebook, if you're watching us on Facebook, you can message the church, uh, Tabernacle of Praise, and we'll know how to get in touch with you. Listen, guys, um, I love the Lord, and I pray that you come to a loving relationship with him. Soon and very soon, he's coming. He's coming for a people that's ready. He's coming for a people that's been busy. He's coming for people that want to live with him just as much as he wants to live with us. God bless you as you continue to go throughout this day. Stay safe and know that God loves you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are thankful for this opportunity to have hung out with you for these moments. And I pray that we will learn to trust you more. We will move as you give instruction. That we will help people to come to know you better. Uh, as, a, as their Lord and Savior. We're thankful that there are people out there that we have not even talked to that are following you as best they know how. You, 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 can, you can build your own kingdom. But I pray that you, as you send us, uh, that, uh, that they will come to know you more fully, that, that we all, both those we come in contact with and we ourselves can experience your miracle working power and the process will continue to go in a circle over and over and over again as more and more people come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Thank you for the Tabernacle of Praise, Seventh Adventist Church, for giving the opportunity for your word to go out. And thank you for those who chose to listen. We ask all of these things in the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Elder Harris, man, this was good stuff. I'm going to pass it off to you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a powerful message that we just heard. Praise God that we can leave our comfort zones, leave our brooks, and experience the power of God, just trusting God unconditionally so that we can be networks of God's grace. Thank you, Pastor, for that beautiful word. And folks, we just want to hold on to that this week. Leave that comfort zone and let God work through you to tell somebody of the good news of salvation. Praise the Lord. We just want to have a few announcements. You know, at 2.30 today, we're going to have our training for discipleship class led out today by Elder Carroll. And we also want to remind you on Wednesday nights at 7.15, you don't want to miss it. Wednesday night prayer, where there's much prayer, there's much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. So we want the power. We want to experience the power this week, uh, 715. And you can call in or you can uh, uh, on our prayer line. So with that, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace, both now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.